Well, let's go ahead and begin this morning. Let us go ahead and begin this morning if we can. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. <laughs> I need like a little bell, I think. I need a bell. I need a ring a bell. That's right, I need a bell. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here this morning. A really a, a wonderful turnout. So thank you so very much. God bless all of you. Let me first of all explain what the class is all about. This is the Walking the Canterbury Trail class, Walking the Canterbury Trail. It takes, of course, a theme that we get from uh, St. Paul, among others, in the uh, Bible, the, uh, the walking theme, the idea of going on a spiritual journey. We often use this uh, kind of theme in, uh, a lot of times in our liturgy and in counseling and classes and all, all those kinds of things. So it's the walking theme, and it's walking not just any trail, but it's walking the Canterbury Trail. And why Canterbury? Well, that's part of what we'll talk about, why Canterbury, and what exactly is Canterbury. Um, we know it's a place, but is it more than just a place? So we'll talk more about that, walking the Canterbury Trail. And then, of course, you can see in the subtitle there, it's an introduction to the Christian faith. Hello. To the Christian faith and also the Anglican tradition. And so I want to emphasize those three words, the first word being introduction. It's very much an introduction. So... There will be times in which you might be a little frustrated. Why didn't we spend more time on this or that? It's because it's an introduction. And there's lots of uh, places where we could go off and develop our own little sort of class on, on a different kind of uh, aspects of, of what we're going to be talking about. But it very much is an introduction. Also, sometimes there might be some good questions or whatever. We might have to deal with the question kind of quickly and then kind of pivot and move on. Uh, and that's because there's more things we have to kind of uh, make sure we get in in our class schedule because, again, this is an introduction. We'll have many more classes uh, in the next uh, few years and decades here at St. John's uh, on all sorts of different things, but this class is an introduction. It's an introduction, of course, into the Christian faith. And so very broadly, what is the Christian faith? The Christian faith is, of course, summarized in two different creeds, the Nicene Creed, the more ancient creed is the Apostles' Creed. So the class will go through the Apostles' Creed and talk about the introduction to the Christian faith. What is the Christian faith? And then also the Anglican tradition as well. Why do we say Anglican tradition? Why not say Episcopal tradition? We're Episcopalians, right? Why say Anglican tradition? Well, that's part of what we'll also discuss. What is this Anglican tradition? What is this word Anglicanism? And why is it, uh, why is it so important? And so that's kind of what we're doing uh, uh, today, at least starting today, I should say. But as you can see there on the top of your uh, handout, and I'll talk about the folders here in just a second, but on the top of your handout there is a prayer. And if you're with me in my Sunday school class about Genesis and John, you'll remember that I love this prayer very, very much. It's a wonderful prayer. It helps us get into the actual teaching and the learning. It reminds us that our God is the fountain of all wisdom. And so I thought we would do this morning is we'd all stand up. We can stand up this morning. And let us say together that prayer. So the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, enlightened by thy Holy Spirit, those who teach and those who learn, the rejoicing in the knowledge of thy truth, they may worship Thee and serve Thee generation to generation through Jesus Christ our Lord, 
who liveth and reigneth with thee in the same Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much. You can be seated. And that's kind of how we begin class, probably each and every time, kind of get us into, uh, into teaching and learning by standing up and saying our prayer together. Now, I know it gets a little convoluted, so I wanted to kind of review this right off the bat. My announcement in church was probably a little bit confusing, so let's go through it one more time. This class is your typical traditional confirmation class. We call it a confirmation class because clergy, we are lazy, we don't like to say a lot of words, and so we know that's more than a confirmation class, but it is your traditional confirmation class. If you need to be confirmed, this is the class for you. But it does a few other things as well. If you're an adult and you've never been baptized, so again, first you're out of uh, high school, never been baptized, what we believe here in the Anglican uh, Episcopal Church is we believe not just in faith, we believe in informed faith, informed faith. And so you, for you to be baptized and to make that decision, make a public profession of faith, and by the way, it's not at this point, it would not be your sponsors, your godparents and your parents bringing you to the waters of baptism. It's not their faith. It would be your faith. And so it needs to be an informed faith. And so to be uh, baptized as an adult, we'd ask you to take this class so you'd be informed of what you're actually professing. Also, of course, if you have been baptized but not confirmed, this again is the class for you. Again, you make a public profession of faith. You have your faith strengthened. And, uh, and again, yeah, a, a public profession of faith. And of course, the bishop would then confirm you when the bishop is here. We'll talk more about that here in just a second. And, uh, but to do that, it needs to be an, an informed faith. No longer parents or godparents, it is your faith. So you need to be informed. And so that's why we ask for you to take this class. If you need to be received in the Episcopal Church, received in the Episcopal Church, uh, that again involves the bishop. And so we're asking you to take this class again. We want you to be informed of what you're actually jumping into. The crazy Episcopalians, the crazy Episcopal Church. You've got to know what you're jumping yourself into. And so we'd ask for you to, do, uh, and to be informed and take this class. So maybe you've been confirmed by an Orthodox bishop, a Roman Catholic bishop, a Lutheran bishop. What we would call here the Anglican Episcopal Church another denomination. We wouldn't call it another religion. Or another church. We call it another denomination. Why? Because we love the Roman Catholics, and we love the Orthodox, and we love the Lutherans and all the other uh, folks that have bishops. But if you're confirmed by another bishop, you need to come into the Episcopal Church, be received in the church, and that involves our bishop. And so we'd ask you to please uh, take this class so you're informed about what are the traditions of the Episcopal Church, uh, when did it start, all those kinds of lovely things. And then, of course, the catch-all. The catch-all is those folks who come to us and say, this is a Sunday school class and I just want to learn more. I want to check out uh, that, that new priest. I want to see what, he, what he's saying there in that confirmation class. I want to check him out. And by the way, I just want to say, it is kind of the best way to get to know a, a priest, especially a new priest. You check out his confirmation class because, you know, you can kind of see uh, some different kinds of things and uh, see what he's all about. So this is a great uh, opportunity also to learn more about our faith and all together and also an Anglican tradition all together. And so everybody is invited into this class as well that just wants to learn more about their faith. So I think that's fantastic. So this is the, fi this is the fun uh, part of the first class. We're going to actually get to know each other. So we're going to go around the room. Here we go. go around the room. I know you guys love doing this. We're going to go around the room. 
Everyone's going to say their name, why they're taking the class, what kind of category you fall into. You need to be baptized, confirmed, received into the church, or just you want more information. So why are you taking the class? And then, of course, uh, and actually, let's just leave it to those two things. Actually, let's do a third thing. What is, in a very quick way, what is the most, what is an interesting thing about you? What is an interesting thing about you? So name, why you're taking the class, and one interesting thing about you. So we're going to start right here in this table right here. We're going to start with uh, Kylie, and then we will kind of go on from there. So Kylie, you go first. Well, hi, Kylie. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, Patty Evett, and I uh, am taking this. Oh, man, I'm doing this because I love history and, and learning more about the, about the church. Very good. I'm Dan Evett. Uh, I go with this one. Uh, Patty and I have moved a lot. Very nice. Yes, ma'am. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes, ma'am. That's right. <laughs> introverts stick together. Introverts stick together. This is a man that I don't think is an introvert. I, I don't Not think so. Right. Not really, okay, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, most interesting thing about me is I recently became a grandfather. She is just over a month old. Congratulations. That's wonderful. That's great. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, 
Fantastic. <laughs> All right. That's wonderful. Congratulations. So we have Woody and Jan. Jan. Well, I'm sorry? Jane. Jane. Excuse me. Woody and Jane. We have Olivia. We have Kylie. All right. Those are my four on my list of newer folks to our church family. Very good. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Then the far back there. Oh, we're just doing names and we're doing why are we taking the class? Okay. Carol, uh, All right. Just sitting in. Welcome, Carol and Joe. Thank you, Joe, for sitting in. All right, back up here to this table here. Pretty much. That's not true. <laughs> yes, ma'am.
Good deal, yeah. All right. <laughs> nice to have you. Yes, ma'am. All right. Yes. Welcome to Gabby. Gabby's one of those, we, we said, you know, first year at a high school, but you always have exceptions, right? Exceptions, the people are just a bit more, maybe, maybe more mature, you know? So Gabby's gonna be seeking confirmation, so this is very, very exciting. Welcome to Gabby. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Greg, what do you do for a living? That's interesting. That's very interesting. Gives you a thousand questions right there. They hired me back as a civilian. I've been back doing work in the crew unit. Yeah. That's more interesting. Yes. Greg has many skills around here. All right. Yes, ma'am. Very nice. 
Yes, sir. My name is Jerry. Uh, all the interesting stuff about me is classified and I can't talk about it. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I, I was actually introduced to the Episcopal Church through my wife, the Catholic white girl, uh, probably 40 some years ago now. Mm -hmm. And the Catholic took over and introduced me to the church. I was actually on the vestry here. 30 to 35 years ago. Okay. My yeah. wife surprised me a moment ago telling me that I've never been confirmed. Now, I'm, I'm not taking that to be gospel, but I guess that's a possibility. Okay. That's true. <laughs> sure. <laughs> she's, she's, it's true. <laughs> Okay. What's exciting about me is that I've, I've got a wonderful wife, Linda, and my family uh, is Portuguese. Very nice. Very good. Yes, ma'am. I'm Linda, and uh, I'm been taking a class to learn more about the Episcopal religion, and this title was very captivating. Um, I was not raised Episcopalian, so I haven't been Very good, very good. Well, welcome everybody to this class. My name's Father James, so there we go, Father James Dietrich, and uh, I'm taking the class because uh, I always just, I love a confirmation class, I just do. I love uh, taking one, I love teaching one, it's fantastic. I took my first confirmation class, I began on September the 11th in 2011, and um, so that was uh, more than 10 years ago, and ever since then I've loved confirmation, love confirmation class, and, and getting to, uh, to teach it as well is always a lot of fun. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, dive into it. You can see the notebooks there in front of you. Again, if you don't have a notebook in front of you, then we can get one to you uh, next week. So thanks for working with us on that. Kind of going through a, a few of the details there. I think the first thing you come to is the class schedule. We'll, go, we'll do that here in a second. The second thing you, go, you see there is a letter from me about confirmation, but also about confirmation and baptism and reception as well. And so you can kind of read that as, uh, on your own there. You also see next, you see the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed is the confirmation creed. It is the thing we will actually study through. And we'll take it in the, in the three different parts that it's in. Then, of course, you see the Nicene Creed. That's the creed we say each and every Sunday when we have a Holy Eucharist service. So we'll say that today, obviously, at the 1030 service. And then the next page is a nice little, I think, comparison between the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed. And you can see how they really do overlap. Nicene Creed says a lot more, has a lot more details in it than the Apostles' Creed. Um, but at the same time, you can see how they theologically really overlap. And then, of course, the next page is the, the, uh, the Lord's Prayer, or, or Our Father, as it's known in the Roman Catholic Church. We, of course, say that each and every week at the altar. 
as we're doing Holy Communion. Then the next thing is uh, the Ten Commandments, or the Decalogue. And that, I think, is in uh, Rite 2 language there. Rite 1 has a little bit of different language, but you see the the same essential thing. And we will be saying the Decalogue beginning next Sunday when we go to the, actually, uh, I think two weeks from today, when we go to Lent 2, when we go to more of the penitential order. And the next thing here is also another sort of reference point for you. This is the Lambeth Conference. We'll talk a little bit about the Lambeth Conference later on, but that actually is. But that's a, it's a resolution from the Lambeth Conference of 1888. But basically what they were doing is defining what is the church. What is an Anglican church? And so it kind of shows you the four different points of what the Anglican church is comprised of. And we'll talk more about that as we go along. And then the last one is a number of different pages. And that is a guide to making your confession. And this is really, uh, really nice and interesting. Whether you make a confession to a priest, or whether you make a confession to, uh, uh, you know, on your own to the Lord Jesus Christ directly, this is a really nice way of kind of working through a confession and thinking through about what kind of uh, disorders might be in one's life. And we'll talk more about confession when we get to the third part of our study uh, here in a few weeks. But confession is very important. So a lot of these, what's in your folder here, are just kind of reference points. They're not things we're going to go over today necessarily, but I just wanted to kind of talk you through the notebook there. And you can kind of keep that notebook. You'll get a handout each Sunday when we're in class, and you can kind of keep it all together in one spot. So that's kind of what we're uh, trying to get you to do. The next thing we want to go over is, of course, our class schedule. That's a very important thing to go over. So you can see our class schedule there. And how this class revolves around three different questions. What is the church? What is the church's faith? And how do I shape my faith? And what is the church? You can see there the introduction to worship today. And then, of course, we'll do worship again next Sunday. And then we'll get into the sacraments. And then get more into the history portion of the class. Two different Sundays on history. And then we'll do a transition over to the church's faith. We'll start with April of 3rd. Faith in the God of the Bible. So we'll talk about what is faith. And of course, who is this God that we're speaking of? And of course, the God that's revealed to us in Holy Scripture, in the Bible. And kind of walk through the Bible. How do we understand the Bible? And it's very different genres and different sections. And so we'll do that on April the 3rd. And then we jump into three different classes. April 10th, the 1st of May, 8th of May. And that, of course, is the three different parts of the Apostles' Creed. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As you can see there, there's a two-week break in between um, those after, the, uh, after God the Father Almighty. Uh, one, of course, of break is Easter Sunday, April the 17th. And the second break there is April the 24th, when Bishop Paulson is here. Now, I don't control scheduling. <laughs> the diocese tells me when, when the bishop's coming. So this class is a little bit interesting in that... If you're taking it for confirmation or to be received in the Episcopal Church, we're going to be doing this class, and then we're going to break. You're going to get confirmed with the promise that you didn't come back and finish the class. (laughs) With the promise, right, in the month of May. So that's kind of how we're going to do this thing. So uh, again, the bishop is here on the second Sunday of Easter, 
So we have Easter Sunday. The very next Sunday is the bishop's coming. So there is no rest for the weary. No rest for the weary at all. The bishop's coming, second Sunday of Easter. He'll be here, and he'll be coming to confirm and also to receive into the Episcopal Church uh, those who are willing at that point. Okay? So that is our official drop-down date for that, April the 24th. And then, of course, we'll finish things off with how do I shape my faith in two different sessions on that. Um, we also have a, and I also want to open up the Memorial Day, so we don't have, we don't have class on Memorial uh, Weekend, so open that up a little bit, and so that's why we don't have class on May the 29th. Instead, I wanted to move some things to the retreat, and that's the other thing I want to talk to you about today, is that's, that is a retreat that will take place on a specific Saturday. I would like it to be May the 7th, but it may not work out for May the 7th. What we can do is we can think about that question and then come back next, Saturday, uh, next Sunday and nail that one down. But the retreat will be mandatory for those who are seeking baptism and confirmation and reception. And, of course, then it will be open up to anybody else who wants to come and participate in that retreat as well. It will take place here at St. John's, and you can kind of see the schedule we're looking at for the retreat. We're not going to take your entire day up, but we do want to take some time to come to the church and to have a time of, uh, you know, getting together, doing morning prayer. We introduce the morning prayer as a group on that retreat Saturday. And then also talk about life in Christ, basically the ethics part of the class. The ethics part of the class. And then also do some reflection. And then do an instructed Eucharist. And that's the other very important part of the class. Is then we'll gather into the church and actually go up into the chancel and do the instructed Eucharist together. Okay? And kind of walk our way through what this Eucharist uh, why, we, why do we do certain things that we do when we're doing Holy Eucharist? So again, we'll think about that. Uh, we'll get one, we'll get uh, next Sunday, we'll get an actual date nailed down for that retreat uh, Saturday. There's some Saturdays I can't do. Um, I can definitely do maybe the 7th if that works for everybody. Or we can kind of talk about that a little bit at the beginning of class next Sunday. So if you want to be participate in that discussion, come next Sunday and we'll talk more about that. But we will do a retreat. Uh, we're also going to have, you know, we have a sign-up sheet there in the back. If you haven't signed that up, uh, signed up as of yet, please do so. What we're going to be doing in this class is we're going to be having everybody sign up on Realm. Hope everybody's already signed up on Realm. You're, you're good to go on Realm. Okay, we'll talk more of that here in a second. And what I would do this week is I will add you to Realm. We have an actual class uh, group on Realm. I'll add you to that, uh, that uh, grouping on Realm. And that's where all the recordings will be. All the handouts will be, all those kinds of things. We'll keep, again, bringing handouts to class, hard copy, but if you need handouts, they will also be there. Also, i got to say, too, my little announcement, my little commercial, is that we might have some choir members, choir members, we might have some folks that are teaching children's Sunday school, Sunday school teachers, uh, that will be taking the class by recording. And because they've already signed up and they're doing things for the work of the Lord, they don't necessarily, necessarily have to be here in person. Uh, and so those folks will take the class by recordings, and so that's where they will also be, uh, recordings will be there on Realm as well. So, there we go. I think we've talked about most of the things we need to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about expectations, too. What are some of the expectations of the class? Again, if you're taking it for baptism, confirmation, or reception, uh, we really would like for you to, uh, I would like for you to meet with me in the next six weeks. So all you have to do is just uh, contact Mary, say I want to make an appointment with Father James, 
We're talking about 15 minutes in and out, and we can meet together one-on-one -on -one so I can hear more of your story. Why are you seeking confirmation or reception or baptism? And kind of work through a little bit, and I'll also have an opportunity to pray with you. So meet with me in the next uh, six weeks. If you're taking the class for information's sake, you don't need to do this necessarily, is, uh, is to come meet with me. You can if you want to. I always enjoy you to meet with me, but you don't have to. Uh, the other thing is uh, to worship at least once a week. And so be worshiping here on Sunday, or if you can't be here on Sunday, then we have Holy Eucharist on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock in the chapel, and of course on Wednesday at 6 p.m. I would encourage you to, to strongly encourage a devotional life. Part of the, the, the point of this class is to start a devotional life. How do we do a devotional life? How do we do a private devotional life in terms of not just here at St. John's, but actually in your home and doing morning or doing evening prayer and those kinds of things. So we'll talk more about that in the third part of our class. How do we shape a, how do I shape my faith? And that's a very important thing. So strongly encourage a devotional life. The fourth thing is to get on realm. Is to get on realm. Everyone needs to be on realm. And so I ask everybody, please, that's a requirement of the class to be on realm so that you can actually uh, also see the recordings and things that you might miss. It'll be all right there on realm. If you're taking the class for one of those requirements, but I'll also ask you to please not miss more than two classes. And if you miss a class, you can always make it up by going to Realm and listening to the recording and do it by the recording. But again, uh, it's very, very important to be in class so we're all kind of tracking along together. And as I said, it's a very sort of unusual schedule this time. The bishop will be coming and confirming you early, and then you'll come back and you'll make up some classes after that. All right. I think we got all that kind of stuff done. So let's just jump into a little bit of uh, stuff this morning. We won't get through everything, but that's okay. But we can jump into a little bit of uh, fun stuff uh, today. There we go. There's the welcome. One interesting thing about me is I, I always do my PowerPoint slides, but I'm always really bad about keeping up with them, actually going through them. And I've got a new clicker here. There we go, course overview. We did that already. Fantastic. What is the church? That was a big first question. We did that already. Fantastic. What is the church's faith? That's number two. Fantastic. We'll do that as well. And how do I shape my faith? That's the third big question of the class, and we'll do that as well. All right, here we go. What is the church? So what is the church? That is the first big question of the class. What is the church? And I would say the church is a community of Christians who are created to worship. A community of Christians who were created to worship. So again, Christians, well, first of all, the word community. We're not talking about just individuals. We love individuals, but we're not talking about just individuals. But a community of people who have a shared common beliefs and values. So it actually brings us together. So community, of course, is the combination of two words, common and unity. We seek unity through our common, share, uh, common beliefs and values. The word Christians, of course, those human beings who have been baptized in the Christian faith and who live their lives as evidence of what they believe and value. So it's not just about going to the waters of baptism. It is also about living that faith out in what you value 
and also what you believe. So the Apostle Paul, for example, will talk about that he has been saved, past tense, he has been, he is, uh, he's being saved, present tense, and he will be saved, future tense. That's kind of what Christian salvation is all about. I've been baptized, I'm living out my baptism, present tense, and I know that Jesus Christ will come back for me one day, and he will save me. Salvation is past, present, and future. Not just a past thing, a present thing, and a future thing as well. And so Christians are those who have been baptized in the Christian faith and who live out that faith as evidence of what they believe and value. Worship, of course, is the most basic belief or value. So if you take us to the most basic belief or value, I would argue that is, in fact, worship. That Christians live to worship their God. And what is that worship? Well, first of all, worship for us, and how, now we're being a bit more restrictive. By the way, we already got restrictive, right? The whole human beings, the whole human race, the whole human race is created by God. And that means we're all bound together. We owe one another certain things as human beings. But now we get a bit more restrictive when we say the church. The church is not all human beings. The church is those who have been baptized into the faith and live that faith out in their shared beliefs and values. Now we get a bit more restrictive, because now we're going to talk about what our worship is all about. When I say our worship here, and I'm just going to throw out a term here, I would say a very lightly Catholic-oriented worship. That, of course, means that we are liturgical people. Now again, not all Christians are liturgical. There are some folks, you know, down the road, your big box churches, your Baptist churches, those who come from the evangelical church, for example, it would be hard to argue that they are a liturgical people. They do some things that are just different. They have a worship, they have a program, but not necessarily liturgical. We are liturgical. People who typically have bishops as their sort of leaders. So the Lutheran church, the Orthodox church, the Anglicans, Episcopal aliens, uh, the Orthodox, the Roman Catholics, those who beep a lot, we are, of course, liturgical folks. And liturgy, of course, means the work of the people. So the liturgy means the work of the people, the work for the people. Another way you can parse this out is the work on behalf of the people, right? And so that's a very important thing. We, we believe that worship is, uh, is sort of work. It is not, it's kind of like your job or kind of like going to school. Worship for the Christians is the most important job that they do. And as you can see there, what liturgy actually means, the work of the people, it means that it's not just work for the clergy or work of the clergy. It's not just work that the choir does, but it's the work of the people. The work of the people. The whole people of God. Now, the clergy, your priests, your deacons, are certainly part of the people, but we're not the only people. It's the lay folks as well. So we all come together in that worship space, and we all do liturgy together. We all do the work of the people. And this worship can be compared to theater. It's kind of like theater. Now, it's not like theater in this way. 
So this is, a, this is the way it's not like theater. That worship is, is some performance where we play some character. Some character that's not like us, and it's not us. Or some situation where it's not real life. Some performance where we're just kind of faking something that we don't really mean. So if you watch your favorite television show, we all know that it's actually fake, right? Those are, those are folks playing characters, right? And it's, it's make-believe. It's, they're on sets. And that's why, by the way, just as a, a little note there, Christians early on had a bad relationship with theater. It, they did. Because what Christians said is, is that, well, wait, 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 a second, wait a second, so you have people, real human beings, they're going and they're playing these parts, they're playing these characters, and they're making things up, they're making, they're make-believe. They don't actually meet it, mean it. And so this is why Christians really criticized early on theater, that theater is kind of like the work of the devil. We don't want to do theater. But then over the course of time, I think Christians came to believe and had a better view of theater as being a work of art. And as a work of art, therefore, it magnifies and glorifies Almighty God. And so, therefore, as all culture does. And so, uh, and so we really appreciate it. It taps into the human nature and human's relationship with, with God. But early on, especially like with uh, Shakespeare, back when the Shakespeare's age, a lot of what he's writing, a lot of what he's doing is in criticism of a group of Christians called the Puritans. Because the Puritans said that theater is really, really bad. Really, really bad. And Shakespeare is always constantly combating that sort of idea. But actually, when you think about it, theater is very, very important. Because theater grows out of Christian liturgy. It was Christian liturgy first. And what they were doing in the church was, of course, putting on the performance of liturgy. And then folks said, well, actually, let's take that out of the church and let's tap into other stories, other sort of human stories. Uh, so actually, theater grows out of Christian liturgy. And when we think about it even deeper, our Christian liturgy in some ways really does mirror theater quite a bit. There's a lot of things in which they're kind of shared back and forth between theater and also liturgy. Some things like uh, we would name uh, maybe props and players, script, Costumes and a stage. So, here in the last 30 seconds of the class, let's just throw one of these things out there and then we'll come back next week and talk more about it. But as far as props, what are the kind of props that we have in our liturgy? What kind of props do we use in our liturgy? Chalice, very good. Someone said what else? Cross, very nice. Anything else? gospel book candles we love candles light of the light of christ light of christ candles altar table yes that's a prop mm-hmm. robes yes absolutely what about players so last question of the class today what about players what would we say about players who are the players priests that's good Deacon, the acolytes, choir. Okay, we're getting into it. We're getting closer. What else? Very good. Fantastic. Yes, the actual congregation. The actual congregation is a player 
not just the priest or the deacon or the choir up there, it's actually the congregation that's sitting out there and sitting out there in the, what do we call that big old space where the congregation sits? The nave. And we'll talk more about that next Sunday. So let us pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for all you've done for us. And we thank you so much for this confirmation class. We pray that through it and by it and its imperfections, we pray, Lord, that you will use it um, to, again, um, help us, Lord, to learn more about your church and more about you and more about our faith and our shared common uh, beliefs and values. And you know, I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here this morning. God bless you.